listening to Evolve with Nicolette, a bad bitch healing. What is poppin' y'all? We're back uh, in the Kumu LA studios, y'all. I haven't been here since my live show. And that was hella dope. We were actually in the same room, but there is AC now. So oh, it my so good. Because <laughs> my whole so like my whole audience was kind of like fanning themselves, <laughs> and I was like, I'm so sorry, y'all. This is what it is, and it's okay. Um, but I'm so glad you're here. Me too. Thank you for being here with me. And I kind of um, I've been wanting to like reach out throughout the week, but I was like, I want this convo to be as organic because then we'll start talking and then it'll be like yes we're at an hour and then we're at an hour 30 he's like oh shit we should have hit, uh, hit record right. since the beginning uh but first let's do a proper inter- introduction first of all we got christina vivid in the house not only is she <laughs> a doctor in physical therapy did i say that correct mm-hmm. okay a life coach okay a speaker and the host of BIPOC Rising. Check it out. Check it out. <laughs> She's on a break right now, but She's, she'll be back. <laughs> yes, but catch up on all the episodes. Yes. I yes. love it. Listen, and I told you, and your eyes kind of widened when I told you this when we first met on the phone, that I was like, I feel like you're a unicorn. I kind of felt the same way about, well, any type of Filipina who's in this like <laughs> space, because Vanessa Camille, uh, you know, I want to call her supermodel because she's on her way there. But plus size Panay model, that's dope, right? And then you being in healthcare and then still doing personal development slash wellness, that is dope. Thank you. Because one of the things I grew up in my family always hearing was I don't have time. Yes. Oh, there's not enough time. So, and that still is like a cycle that kind of continues through the generations because now my cousins are saying that they don't have time. My younger friends don't have time. So let's start there and how you got started in your healing journey and how you found the time to also pursue your career, but then, right, the passion of being of helping people on this side of things. Yes. Let's just start there, girl. I love that. Thank you so much for those words. That's so kind. Um, A lot of it started from when I first went into patient care, I was solely just thinking about what types of patients do I want to serve. And I put that at the forefront of what job I took. And so I started off in the pelvic floor world, which I still love and I still practice, but in a very different way. but I found myself getting really burnt out. Mm. Um, I found myself not only getting burnt out, but also paying more attention to, well, when I'm not well, I'm not able to provide wellness for others, and I'm not able to support others in the way that they deserve to be supported. Right. And so a lot of it too is like, in the healthcare world, we're always being threatened by reimbursement cuts from insurance companies. We're always, being forced on seeing more and more and more and more and more patients. And so when you hear patients come to you and they talk about other providers, oh, I was only there for like 15 minutes and I didn't feel like I was being quite heard. And it's like, I get it because we're all patients too. And when we go to our appointments, we feel like, well, shoot, you know, like you were listening, but like, I don't know if you were really like hearing me. Um, because of the time constraints. And the demand is so high. And the demand is so high. Mm. So, like, I see it from the provider standpoint because 
it's like, well, we got to get notes done too. Right. And so sometimes we have to choose being in front of the patient and really listening or sacrificing our time outside of that time. And when we go home and taking those notes home with us. Right. And so it's just so hard. And I could see it from the patient perspective of they want more undivided time and undivided attention. Um, but I also see it from the provider's perspective where we're like trying to hustle and like provide the best care, but also provide the best care for ourselves outside of what patients see. Mm. And so a lot of that just got me thinking like, I need to make some changes here in a sense where like, I need to take better care of myself. And it was to the point where like, no, like a glass of wine at the end of the week is not going to heal what burnout is. Oh my God. Like yes. it doesn't matter if it's one or two or like, you know. And like then we have a little bit of, uh, then it becomes numbing and that yeah, ain't it. Yeah, absolutely. Like. <laughs> smoke a joint, have a glass of wine, like, it's nice, but, like, we're not taking care. Yeah. yeah. And so it doesn't make sense if you're doing that at the end of the week. I call them self-care favors. Because self-care is multifactorial. But when we think of those little things, like having a glass of wine, getting oh. our nails done, I categorize that in self-care favors. And so I'm a firm believer that self-care favors, they are not going to mend or heal or intervene when burnout is occurring. They're nice, yes. they make us feel good. But if you're not addressing what the actual issue is, then we're gonna keep doing it. Right. And so I took myself back from that and I'm like, okay, I'm like hella burnt out right now seeing patients, but like what keeps me going at this right. job? And like, what do I like about seeing patients? And so with seeing patients, but also being a public health researcher, I was like, okay, I think the thing that I have in common with both of these hats are I really believe in humanity and self-improvement. And I believe that we as people are capable of having better for ourselves right. if we really connect to what is better for us and what does that mean. Mm. And so a lot of my patient care styles too is more of a partnership lens. In patient care, people are so focused Healthcare providers can be so like zoomed in on like, okay, patients coming to see me, I'm here to help them. But patients aren't a textbook. And what if we can work more collaboratively and co-create our healing strategies with what's the plan moving forward that works best for you and your needs, but also what can you see working for you? Because our recommendations for patients, patients don't always internalize is this is going to work for me because in our heads, medically and clinically that's what they need but are they able to meet that meet that recommendation and carry it out and execute it to the point of you know they're getting they're getting healthier or they're addressing whatever they're coming in for yeah. because it might not work for them and as a public health researcher so many times than not like social determinants of health are so overlooked when it comes to what we provide for patients and the recommendations, patients might not be able to internalize in the way that your ideal picture in your head is providing for that patient. Right. And so a lot of that kind of led me into the path of like, what does, like, what does all of this look like? And so all of that looked like to me was like, it's coaching. And so I've gotten a lot of feedback from patients and different testimonials of like, I really appreciate the coach, I, like patients were telling me that I was coaching before I was even Doing, thinking about coaching. Yeah, I'm like, what yeah. the heck is that? Yeah. Um, so I looked more into it and I was like, you know what? This is something that I think I have a really natural passion for without even like searching for like 
coaching. It was like right. all these things came to me, and it Organically was like this. Organically came about. Yeah, and yeah. it's just so amazing how that works. Um, and so I got certified through the Academy of Creative Coaching. They're one of the first black female-owned coaching yes. certifications okay. in the country. Yeah. I love the intentional. Yes. yes. And like for me, it just felt so good to mm. invest in that coaching program because for so long, and I'm still paying off my student loans from undergrad and my doctorate, we are paying, putting money, really, at the end of the day, to institutions that are racist. They're racist. And period. We, we, as a country, are pouring in so much money. We're in a student loan crisis right now. It's where a scam. It's a scam. It's a scam. And so it felt so good to invest money into people that, in, into an organization that I knew had my best interest, but also are teaching me from a very intentional lens. That, oh, my God. And it just felt so good because... Mm. You know, like when I think about my physical therapy education, it's like I got what I needed to out of it and it was a great experience and I'm able to take those skills with me and serve patients. But all the other things that I wish, you know, were taught in school, you kind of have to learn if you're open to learning that when Mm. you're actually seeing patients and if you're open to seeing what's on the other side of patient care that you're not learning in school. And so that kind of led me to the coaching route. So I got certified as a coach and I started off thinking that I was gonna do corporate consulting. Do corporate consulting because I was working in pelvic floor. I was like really um, inspired to do work in the maternal health space in the corporate space. Well, after a lot of communicating within the corporate space, I was like, all right, well, I don't think I don't think women are supported, period, and nobody wants to listen because <laughs> yeah. it's different. Like so having different. a one of the things that I was thinking about doing was a return to work um, kind of program, coaching program for people who are coming back after their maternity leave and yeah. having them feel more supported with transitioning from maternity leave back into the office. And, and then so, how was that received? No. That's why I'm in a totally different niche right now. Right, right, right. (laughs) Um, It wasn't received well. And I was like, you know what? Like, as a business owner, being flexible with and accommodating to what life is giving you and what Mm. your life is also telling you Mm. um, is key. And so flexibility in that is so important. And so um, through that, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to focus more on life coaching. And so... Um, through very general life coaching, I was, and I didn't really have a specific niche when I first started. Mm. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to let this niche come to me with what types of things are clients coming to me for and what types of clients am I attracting? And so, um, healthcare providers was one of the big things, um, that was coming to me. And I mean, who else can help with someone who's still there? Yes. And so to be honest, Nicolette, like at the beginning of this, like switching from patient care to patient care and coaching identity, when I was switching into that coaching identity, I was like so burned by patient care and I didn't want to do it anymore. Like I saw it as an exit strategy because I was like, Mm. I can't see myself doing this sustainably because I was so burnt out. But then I was like, you know what? Like after working through like what works for me patient care wise, I switched fields, but I'm still doing pelvic floor, but in a very different way. Mm. Um, Because now I primarily work with elderly folks as well as really ill people who are kind of in, we call it like, subacute skilled nursing but it's where people go 
after they get discharged from the hospital and they can't quite go home yet. Mm. Um, so I see a mix of like really ill people to people who are just more deconditioned after getting out of the hospital and aren't safe to get home. Right. Um, or elderly folks that are at their end of life years. Yeah. And so one of the things that my coaching has been really able to help me with is just facilitate more peace through transition. Like and that. so, yeah. yeah. And so I found a lot more joy in my patient care life because I've been more intentional about where do I fit in here mm -hmm. um, as opposed to just what types of patients do I want to see. Right. And so through all of that, now I'm happier as a healthcare provider with being able to do the work that works for me, but I also like to serve in. Yeah. Um, and also be a coach for healthcare providers that right. are experiencing burnout and misery and don't see an out, but want something more for themselves. Because being a healthcare provider doesn't have to mean that we're, we're going to be subject to insurance reimbursement cuts forever or having patient volume, you know, forked, with, forked in our throat like all the time. Like there yeah. are certain things that we can do to advocate for ourselves to make mm -hmm. it work for us. It's just a matter of what's important to you and what are you looking for? Right. And what do you need? And, and then who's also doing it? Because if you see somebody doing it. Exactly. It's like, oh snap, we could actually do it this way. Exactly. Yeah, like so literally cool. before I used to look at healthcare providers and be like, well, your Instagram makes you look happy. <laughs> What are you doing that we're not? Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, you know, it's one of those things where, like, mm. if we dive a little bit deeper into, like, actually meeting with our feelings and being more, allowing ourselves to be more vulnerable with how we're feeling and those self-care favors, appreciating them, acknowledging them for what they are, but digging a little bit deeper into, so what's going on from my week to week and how... How can I change this? In order to see different results, you got to do something different. And so part of that is, Hello. yes, <laughs> part of that is just looking a little bit more inward and being more honest with yourself. Like, what is it that I'm feeling? And also, like, being open to support. Right. I see a therapist. I have my own coaches. Like, okay. I did not do all of that myself. Right. And uh, without the support of my therapist and my own coaches, and to clarify for anyone who's wondering what the difference between therapy and coaching is, therapy is more so addressing past. So if we're, look, if we're driving a car, because we live in LA County, so we're gonna talk about driving in a car. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, if, we if we're driving a car, looking in your rear view mirror and looking back is what therapy is for. It's for looking to the past, to process trauma, to heal from your past, to make sense of your present from what your past was like and heal that past trauma and make sense of like, oh, this is where that behavior is coming from the today. Or this is, yeah, this yeah. is where those feelings are coming from and we are going to heal. And so coaching is more looking forward. We're looking forward. We're assessing what obstacles are in front of us. We're stuck in traffic, but we're seeing what the best lane is. Um, we're looking ahead and we're thinking more present and future focused. Mm. And so coaching is more goals oriented, looking forward, assessing obstacles <laughs> and figuring out how we're going to get from A to B. So that's the difference between therapy and coaching. But yeah, I'm like so happy and where I'm at now with being able to carry out patient care in a way that's meaningful to me as well as patients versus before I was only thinking about the patient. Yeah. Um, and I'm able to provide so much better care now. I'm able to provide so much 
of a better partnership with my like patients. Like, it's so clear. It's so much more clear. You can clear. hear it when you, when you speak. Yes. Like it's just so and clear. Absolutely. And another thing, too, is, like, I've done my work, and I'm con continuing to do my work in maxi maximizing my finance strategies, too, because that's right. another thing where, like, you're talking about time. Healthcare providers are like, ah, we don't have time. We're always You're trading tired. time and right. labor for money, and we're always going to be trading time and labor for money. But that doesn't have to be true. Right. There are ways if, again, it all comes back to what your goals are and where your needs lie in order to figure out what type of finance strategies do you either need to read more up on, get more support, or, you know, actually internalize for yourself. Right. And so... For me, it's like, of course, as a healthcare provider, the, the whole idea of the time and money and trading that for labor, um, growing my passive income strategies has been another form of yes, income that girl, I've been trying talk to grow. About it. Yes. yes, and so that's been so empowering too. Yeah, um, being more financially literate and actually making the moves to build up your bag, but also do it in a smart way that works yeah. for you. And I feel like, I mean, it's daunting at the end of the day. I had to do a lot of, like, I'm still, I feel like I'm always, like, teaching myself all the yes. time. Like, it's always something new to teach or, right, especially when you're in this space where you're trying to monetize. It's like, okay, how do I monetize this? How do I do this? Do I have to go back to work in order to get this going? Yes. And all types 100%. of things, right? Um, I love that because... I feel like this is the first conversation I've heard like this. Hear, hearing you speak, it's so light, right? Light work, yeah. you know, where growing up, I grew up uh, predominantly with my Filipino side, right? My, I would dr be dropped off because my mom and dad had to go to work right. early, early, early. And as soon as I got dropped off, my Tita Francis was coming home from work because she had got off of a seven to seven shift. Yeah. And... You know, she's going to sleep for in 30 minutes. So I'm helping her kind of decompress and let her let me brush her hair and all types of mm -hmm. things. But then it was right back to bed. And then right. when I was getting picked up to leave, she was going to work, you know. So that was my every day right. for almost like 15 years, yeah. you know. So I'm seeing it in my house or in my Lola's house, like in my face where it's like, well, I'm a longo. So it's... Um, she instead of mahal they'll say die like short for mm -hmm. die right like well you gotta work hard die and this this is what you do that's and what it is this is how we it's just right. you work hard and Sacrifice. this is what you get yes <laughs> and it's just so much it's rooted in so much struggle oh yeah and 100%. we're taught that like if you don't struggle like all of it isn't worth it or there's just there has to be this like give and this pull to get this and 100%. this and it's beautiful to see someone who is morena and redefining that right because Thank now you. i have friends who are now in the same cycle yeah i don't have time right. it must be nice that you're able to do stuff like that right. we talked about that yes. very terrible phrase microaggression of it must be nice yes. right where it's like um i'm trying to do me so we can you can show everybody that like this is possible right you know but when we're taught when we're not taught that how do you make that that vision that you see at the end of the day right, right. because for me still to this day my parents don't know what i do it's like <laughs> 
you know, like, oh, right. she's in the cloud. She's not really, you know. Yeah. And I feel like until I have, like, something of monetary value, like, if right. I bought something, when I buy a mansion with, like, my earnings for my podcast or, or whatever the fuck. Or you take them on vacation. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, she paid for it. It still probably won't right. be enough it, because it's not, like, concrete. How do right. you say, what is a life coach? Right. That sounds like make-believe type shit. Oh, How do you 100%. do that? Right? So what's the 100%. type of things that you, like, what comes from your parents? What comes from your family when you start talking no, the way how you do what's right because right? i get a lot of like you could just see that it's like okay nico right sounds 100%. like a bunch of bullshit like 100%. you could see it yeah you so how do you, you what, what do they it. say yeah you can see it you can feel it how yeah. do we how do we work with that um that's such a <laughs> how good do you question. deal with that what's the type of things you get a told at of, family parties yeah <laughs> A life coach? Is that like something that people pay for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like unbelievable. Right, right. right. Um, another one is like, oh, but you work in healthcare already. Mm. Why? Why do you need to do that? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I'm, I, w- I wasn't happy. Right. I wasn't happy. And right. it's like, do you think that I'm literally going to be holding and physically supporting people up until I'm age 65? <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. Like every single week, if you're maxed out on patient care, I guarantee you, you have low back pain at the end of the week. (laughs) I guarantee you, you have low back pain at the end of the week. Yeah. And what I know about healthcare providers is we are our own worst patients. Oh my God. Say it again for the titas in the back. We are our own worst patients. (laughs) And so it's like when you get the comments of like, oh, you have a steady job or you know there it's always going to be a necessity it's like well what if we look beyond mm-hmm. you know the necessity you know thinking or stability or stability it's, oh, it's, everything's always rooted in like there's always going to be people are always going to need nurses people are always going to carrier right we're right. always going to need those types of things so like how are you able to you know because Young people now, I feel like younger generations, our little cousins are now growing up in a world where it's like, oh shit, that's possible now. Right. Like now people making money doing content creation, TikToks. And that's so amazing because it's like when we were in that phase of deciding what we wanted to do, Mm -hmm. it's like that wasn't even a choice. Yeah. That wasn't even a choice. I was, I wasn't even, I mean, if I even mentioned anything outside of healthcare, it's like, what, where's the stability in that? Right. Oh, my God. Um, I grew up in, like, at my Lola's house, there was this big picture, and it was my Lola and Lola on the top in their cap and gown, what their degree was, what they graduated oh. with underneath, then all their children, so my dad's eight brothers and sisters, yes. all in their cap and gown. It was something that I felt very proud of, you know, looking when I was growing up. But then it was like, now that I'm thinking about it, I was like, damn, that's heavy. It's heavy. To see that. That was front and center. That was like right. in our living room. That was all day, every day. And there was, right, you, you talked about like the, there's a structure to things, right? We're taught to, you're going to go to school. Right. You're going to get A, B's, A's and B's. You're having trouble in something, right? Or right. then we go to college and then you do this. Like there's a path. 100%. And then when I was graduating high school, people were saying they were taking off one year of school just to right. chill. And I was like, what's the gap year? How do you, you travel do for a few months? Yeah, like, I know. Like, wait, what? Right. You know? So then when I started really, like, I felt like my life was realigning when I was at Cal State Long Beach going for, like, communications or some bullshit in pre-law. <laughs> and right. then I just, like, 
my body was physically reacting to like this yeah. is not where I want to be. And not only that, I grew up in Carson, so I was home still. Long Beach is down the street. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So then when I took the turn and started going to fashion school, everybody was like, what? Why? And then this whole big old thing, you know, so I'm the only one still who went to school for it, hey! right? Now, did I do anything in the fashion industry? Kind of. And then ended up becoming a mom and doing that whole thing. But it's like, there's still that heaviness 100% of the expectation of like are you guys okay or right you're not right. working or what it's it's heavy and I'm glad that the generation coming up has a whole different other view at least an alternative 100%. view of possibilities because damn was it heavy for us yes you know and like part of the healing what you were saying earlier is like the unlearning yes. and relearning of how to Re revisit our scale mm -hmm. when merit, accomplishments, fatigue, labor <laughs> is seen up here yes. and happiness and joy is like not even in the picture. We don't talk about that. Right. Right. So it's like part of what, you know, I ha and how I support my clients is revisiting what their scale is and mm. how are they valuing that within their own belief system? Right. With what are we valuing here? And if you value those things still, that's okay. That's right. your journey. And if that fulfills you and brings you that joy here, then that's okay. Yeah. But it's really good to revisit those belief systems and skills within ourselves mm. because it helps us bring it back to within us as opposed to what was expected of us. Because we carry oh, that. We carry that fuck. deep. We carry that heavy. Heavy. Generationally passed. Yes. Yes. And so... I'm here to challenge my clients and rethinking that and really putting themselves at the center of it and seeing where do you stand and yes. happiness and joy could also come with the labor and all of that, but it might look different for you than what you're doing right now. Yeah. And you can make that work better for you if we look a little bit more into what your needs are and what are some steps that we can take to move forward in taking those needs in and making it a reality for you. Yes. Um, so and this happiness and joy scale actually can be up here. Yes. But never in my life as you were speaking was joy and happiness ever discussed. No. Ever. So it kind of seems like bullshit at the end of the day right. when you even try to talk about it. 100%. Right? Because then it's all like, well, then they're just being lazy. Or like, what exactly. do you mean you need a break? I don't have time to rest. Or I have to work. It goes back to your family. Your family works so hard. What is your stress? Yes. It's like, that's oh another toxic thing Triggered. too. Yes. Right? Yes. So it's like, we go through our life and sometimes people don't even... Mm. separate themselves from that like no. ever because we're just carrying this thing with us that we have this burden that we carry because we didn't make the sacrifice that our grandparents did or yes. that our great-grandparents did or that our parents did in order for us to live the life that we're living right now and that goes back to your comment of the must be nice you know it's like exactly it's what so I was about to bring toxic. up exactly what I was about to bring up right now because they're almost pissed Yes. And I'm talking about my parents. I'm talking about like elders being pissed that, oh, well, that must be nice that you're not struggling or that you could do that or that you're doing right. X, Y, and Z, right? Like, 
I, you know, I just did such a nice commercial with Christian like a month or two ago. And the first thing my dad said was like, do you get paid for that? <laughs> so instantly like right. popped my bubble and made me feel like shit the rest of the night. I just came from Christian making me feel like a damn queen walking up and down these right. <laughs> these hallways, right? Him and Rav. And then my dad had come home and he was like, gives me the nastiest look. Yeah. Because he, he saw me glammed and everything. And then he's like, where did you go? Like, oh, I went to go film a commercial for my podcast. Did you get paid for that? And the instant yuck that I felt in my mouth, you know? Yeah. So it sucks. But it's, I kind of feel, also too, it's kind of, it sucks because like we just take those on the chin. 100%. Right? 100%. You talked about the last time we spoke about the titas who are your coworkers that say yes. the same thing to you about having a couple days off, yes. right? So how do you, you know, it must be nice you have a couple days off. Right. So how do you, how do we start to reframe this hustle mindset how do we even like start there i would like for the for us like end on this because i feel like our peers are listening our age group is listening and even younger this is going to start to help them if that let's fucking struggle to figure this shit out so that it looks possible to them so it looks possible to our kids so our nieces and nephews you know what i mean so that we start to pass down the hope instead of the damn guilt right and that heaviness of feeling bad that we didn't right. struggle the right. way how our parents did i'm sorry i didn't get on a plane dog like yeah. i'm sorry i left, <laughs> I left my i right. left my motherland like right. damn you know yeah how do we start to reframe that for us 100%. and then for after us because for our parents we can't do that no more right we could try right but 100%. only some will receive i think the biggest thing is being able to separate yourself from that mm. and that's it sounds easy but it's not as no. you were just saying sometimes it could be as simple as one comment automatically triggered mm. um and i think one of the things that can really help is just being open to support like oh, yeah being open to support from a therapist who can help oh, walk yeah. you through go get therapy bitch yeah. like go right. go get yourself a therapist like, this is from two filipino americans <laughs> yes. go get a therapist 100 percent. like Start literally there. Yes. our generation we're going to therapy it's like a five for one we're going to therapy <laughs> for us and all the people that aren't going to therapy yeah. but that's okay because yes. we're taking care of our needs still totally <laughs> we are yes. healing and we are moving forward yes um and so i think that's one of the ways and just recognizing like how we feel Mm. um and validating ourselves is huge so huge yes and taking care of exactly that and then moving forward that's when seeking the support of a coach can really help seeking the support of a coach that really aligns with your beliefs it's a team yeah it's a team Mm -hmm. it's a team get yourself a team absolutely a coach that can help you get from your a to b Mm -hmm. with acknowledging where you're at Mm -hmm. and where you want to go to and if you're a healthcare provider I can help with supporting and identifying like, hey, I get it. You know, like I totally get it. I'm a healthcare provider too. Yeah. But we can have better for ourselves. So I think when we seek support is seeking the support from 
who really resonates with you and whose story resonates with you. For anyone looking for a coach, don't just look for the certification or whatever is there. Yeah, who do you vibe with? Yeah, it's who do you li- vibe I with? I feel like it's kind of like looking for a partner a little bit. 100%. Yeah, because when I felt when I met my therapist, I was like, oh my God, she was like God sent. Yes. Like, this is what, because she's bald, or she was bald when I met her. She had big old gauges in her ears. She had her Pendleton um, buttoned up to you. She's uh, also mixed like me, Latina and Asian. I was like, I couldn't have been partnered with a better therapist. You know what I mean? The understanding is there. Totally date your therapist. And your coach. 100%. Shop around. Shop around. Shop around. Yeah. I love that. Because listen, this is something that makes me feel so good. Because it's like, we're talking about it, but also doing. Yes. Right? And I feel like the more we have these conversations, the more that we, um, you know, I feel like people get a lot of pressure from, like, social media, a lot of unrealistic expectations. 100%. But when you look at your content, when you look at mine, that shit is is keeping it absolutely real. 100%. Girls who have the same skin tone as you. Yes. Yes. That are also in the, you know, being a healthcare worker. Yes. It makes it that much more possible. Absolutely. Because now I could say, whenever my homegirls who are nurses or who are doctors or, you know, pharm- um, pharmacists, I could be like, when they tell me they don't have time, girl, you need... There's people who do exactly what you do. Yeah, right. And that could help support you right. on having more time. Right. Right? Because I'm so sick of, we're not sleeping when we're dead. We're not doing that oh, anymore. Oh, no. We rest now. Right. We rest now for our Lolas, yes. our Lolos, yes. our Titas, right? All of them. Even if they don't want us to rest. Right. We'll still do it. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. I love this. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It went by so fast. I know. <laughs> I'm, I, and I just want to end with this. I appreciate, uh, I felt like when I, when I got introduced to you and because we're in the Kumu space, mm-hmm. right? It was such a, you know, like when everything starts to align. 100%. And, I, and my intention in leading the healing circles that I do and doing the stuff that I do, it's like, I'm gonna find my tribe organically. And the one thing I wanted was to see more Phil Am, more Filipinas, more Panais doing the damn thing because we deserve it. And we need it and we deserve to see each other winning. You know what I'm saying? We deserve, we're more than just singers and dancers and actors. We're actually in healthcare and still being able to take care of our yeah. damn selves. Exactly. It's realistic. It's what it's what's attainable. Right. And I love that. So yes. I'm so thankful that you're here. Thank and that you, you said so yes much. to me. Thank you to everybody in the comments. We got people on here. Thank you to people who did gifts and all the things. First of all, this background looks fantastic. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Thank y'all. Um, I will see you guys next time. You guys need to catch Christina. Name all the things. Social yes. media, the podcast girl, the coaching, say it all. Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at drdr.coach.tina. So doctor.coach.tina on Instagram. Yes. And then my podcast is called BIPOC Rising. And you can also find me on my website, www.empoweredcommunity. And that's community spelled with C 
C-O-M-M-Y-O-U-N-I-T-Y because you is within community. Okay. Um, and I am currently accepting new coaching clients for my three-month program focused on serving healthcare providers. So my whole thing is I help healthcare providers transform misery and burnout into sustenance and joy. Yes, so, sign up for that. Anyone who's <laughs> wanting support Please. in that, I got you. I got a list of people who need to come call you. <laughs> yes. yes. Thank you. Thank you. Shout out to y'all for being here. Shout out to Kumu for providing the space. I appreciate y'all. I will see you guys next. Time. Thank Bye, you. everyone. Okay, we'll put this here. I'm a Virgo. What sign are you? I'm a Gemini. <gasps> yes, my bestie's a Gemini. No hey. wonder. I love that. Gemini men, though. There's something else. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute. 100%. In the basura. <laughs> In the basura. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. That's this this is not that. We're talking about healing on this podcast, actually. <laughs> That was, that was hella toxic. <laughs> but we'll talk about that a different day, okay? It's fine.